and welcome to a hard-hitting interview episode of We Only Look Thin. I am your host, Katherine Weigel. I have lost 150 American pounds, and with me today is... Your hard-hitting interviewer, part two, partner... Donald Weigel. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue, people. I don't know what I was going for there, but I clearly failed spectacularly. Newscaster, yeah. interviewer, whatever. Hi. Could have been anything. Hi. Look, we've lost the weight. We're interviewing people about losing the weight. Uh, yes. This is a very special episode. Yeah, we haven't done uh, an interview in a very, very long time, and we're not really an interview show, but a uh, friend of the uh, of the podcast, Rebecca. Rebecca. Um, and we'll let her tell you about it, but she's just hit a uh, giant milestone and is about to hit another one soon, and uh, we thought we'd be fun to have her on. Yeah, and we, t- we talk it- about maintenance. We talk about... Life changes and things that worked and things that didn't and closets and yes having them <laughs> yes yes and the different time types of closets there are <laughs> many types of closets so uh, so open that closet door step inside this episode of uh, of we only look thin it's very special and your uh, your tip of the week and your product of the week will come at the end together you're gonna have to wait some people only listen for the tip of the week turn oh. it off you're gonna have to wait now this you're gonna like, have to listen to the whole episode do the do the do the do the kid scissors that you use could they be Killing you, you'll find out at 11. Product of the week, kid scissors. Kid scissors. <laughs> no, it's like on those, on the I news, know. they're yeah. like, you know, is your macaroni killing you? Find out is your after refrigerator we tell you killing you? The answer is no. Find but, out at the end of the But you'll have to find out what the tip of the week is for the very end. We'll save it up. So, uh, so yeah, so enjoy this episode. We really enjoyed uh, recording it and talking about it and doing it. So I bet you will too. And you'll really enjoy listening to it. And here it comes. And now without further ado, Rebecca. And here's a little bit more ado. And now here she is. (laughs) Okay, goodbye. Hey there. So today we have a very special guest with us, Rebecca. Very special. Very special. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Don. Hi. Hi, Rebecca. Hello. (laughs) Hi. So we have another inspirational person on the podcast today. It's not just me and Donald. We got we got more to more to share. So yeah, just uh, just before we started recording, uh, Rebecca told us she had hit a milestone in her weight loss. Do you want to share with uh, with everyone? One hundred and three pounds down. Right. Wow. Must be nice. We should have like a. <laughs> it must, must be nice to have. Be nice. Must yeah. be nice to have Rebecca on the line. So uh, Rebecca and I know each other from an accountability group uh, that uh, we were in back. When did you join? It was in June 2016 when you yes. started. Yeah. Um, so it's my so... three year anniversary. Hooray. Congratulations! Insert clapping sound of journey. Jern Venture, yes, thank you. Thank you for uh, for for doing that. So, so Rebecca and I met uh, in 2016 online, uh, and I remember I was I had already lost about 50 pounds at the time, and Rebecca joined the community that I was in, and uh, she were you were moving from Kansas to Georgia, right? Yes. And I remember you posted, you were like, I'm starting Weight Watchers tomorrow, and I'm also moving to Georgia. And I was like, oh, bless her heart. She's never, <laughs> this is never going to last. No, no, no. That's not. You can't but, You can't lose weight and move to Georgia at the same time. But I was like really nervous for you. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is a big change for her. I didn't even know you, but I was already like invested in your uh, in your move. Um, and 
And you made it happen. Uh, you were actually interviewed on the Half Size Me podcast episode 318. And Rebecca goes into deep detail uh, about her weight loss journey uh, there. But maybe you can start out by just giving us like a, a two-minute Give us the highlights of, of you know, your-, your, your early life and struggles with weight, et cetera. Yeah. Okay. I gained i know Catherine is so jealous of this but i gained 80 pounds <laughs> when i was in college <laughs> <laughs> only 80 pounds when i was in college i know you were heavier than you were heavier than me must be nice <laughs> must be nice so um i lost uh 80 pounds when I was interviewed for that first interview and the course of my weight loss journey was accountability groups, weight loss or weight watchers. And I just followed weight watchers and walked. That's really all I did. I think the move to Atlanta made it a lot easier because when I was in Kansas, I was going to a lot of happy hours and eating a lot of appetizers with my friends there and moving to Atlanta as I was starting my weight loss journey, kind of, all the habits went away and I was by myself. So I was able to make all new habits with new friends. So I think that was probably a huge part of the success. Yeah. I know uh, Gretchen Rubin talks about the clean slate effect where moving to a new area or starting a new job gives you kind of a, a fresh start in becoming a new version of yourself. Was it also really fun just to say, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, Donald, that was super fun. But I remember too, you had lost a bunch of weight and you had to go back to Kansas for a meeting, didn't you? And you kind of were uh, a little freaked out by the experience of returning to your old stomping grounds. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So a year after, well, it was probably more than a year, probably a year and a half after I moved to Atlanta, I needed to go back for some training for a whole week. And I actually felt like I put a hundred pounds back on just being out there because it was weird being my new self in my old home. I totally and I would pass by all the fast food restaurants that I used to go to. And I looked at all the, you know, elevators that I used to take instead of the stairs. So it was very weird. I remember when you posted about that and I, I remember exactly where I was when I was reading that. And I, I got, I was, <laughs> there's, you know, you remember the day Kennedy was shot. You remember where you were <laughs> on nine 11 and you remember where you were when you read Rebecca's post about I going was, home. I was at that Disney exhibit uh, over that they were doing for the auction uh, down the street from us. But I remember reading that and being so like, Oh my gosh, I totally get that. Like returning to your old self and your old place. And I think I, I do that a lot when I go back to like, oh, New Jersey. Oh my goodness. When I go to New Jersey, I just, it, it's. It's like, I remember the food. It, it messes with my head completely. Like I can't, you know, I need to, I need to be with my family somewhere not in New Jersey because then I can, you know, I, I feel like I can keep a handle on myself. But as soon as I get back there, it's just like those old habits just fit me like a glove. It's really weird. A tight, tight glove. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a men's yeah. extra large. Men's triple extra large. <laughs> so, so how did you, how did you navigate that week? Like how, how did you how did you kind of recover from that? Well, I I really just tried to stay focused on my habits, but I I definitely overate while I was out there because I was hanging out with all the old friends that I had and we just would drink and eat pizza and it I it, I wouldn't say it was successful. I wouldn't either. No, I <laughs> <laughs> No, but I do that too. I mean, we have family who come to visit and even though they're not eating poorly, 
my instinct is to deal with stress with food when I'm around old situations or, yeah. or people that I associate with food. So I, I totally get that. And I, I think that's really a big part of the maintenance journey too, is that I, like, I thought I was just going to hit a goal weight and then be like, I'll just add a hundred calories a day and I'll maintain. But can you talk a little bit about your experience with maintenance? So you, you hit maintenance what or, or you hit the hundred pounds down in, was it March of 2018? Actually, it was June uh, 2018. Next weekend oh. is my one-year anniversary of 100 pounds. All right. Clap, 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 Vuvuzela sound. We'll insert the Vuvuzela, Vuvuzela sound later. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but you did something big to celebrate your uh, 100 pounds down. Can you talk a little bit about that? Oh, yes. So I actually told my 267-pound self in 2016 that if I reached 175 pounds, I was going to take myself to Europe because I always wanted to go and I just made that commitment to myself. That's great. And so you did. (laughs) Yes, I booked a trip to Paris. I thought you were going to say you went to a Paris hotel and casino in Las Vegas In Las Vegas. No. (laughs) Those tickets are on So you went to Paris and you were at at, around that time, you were also interviewed by uh, by the Half Size Me podcast. And you you went through a really big kind of transformation um, after your Half Size Me podcast interview aired. It was um, episode 318. Um, So I remember you went to Paris, you posted all these great photos. uh, And at that time, it was like your birthday week. And also your Half Size Me podcast was airing. Um, And can you tell us a little bit about sort of what happened upon your return from Paris? Yes. So the last a couple interview or a couple episodes ago, you guys actually talked about losing weight doesn't make all your problems go away. And my entire adult life, I refused to admit that I wasn't straight. And I kind of always let the hundred pounds that was on my body be an excuse for not living my true self. And once I lost all the weight, I went to Paris to celebrate. I remember thinking, I'm still in the closet. Like, I'm still living a lie. Just because I'm, quote, thin now, I have other problems I need to deal with. So six days after that trip, I told all my friends and family that I was gay. Wow. Wow. How did they they react? Everyone was shocked because I'm in my 30s. And I don't think anyone really saw it coming, but I mean, you, now now it's been over a year and everything's fine. But at the yeah. time, it seemed very it was very shocking to people. Well, and I remember too when you when you came out, your emotions were on overload. I remember you kind of went radio silent for like a week and a half, and there was you moved out of living with your boyfriend, and it was your birthday week, and like it, I felt like everything kind of happened at once, and it was it was really huge for you, and you had to come out to your parents too. I know. And do you feel like that you were ever in danger of going back to your old old eating habits at that point? Like, was it was it you know? Did it put a lot of pressure on your uh, your diet and exercise program? Yes. I had been pretty successful for months and months without binging, but I definitely binged the night before. I told my parents, 
I binged the night before I saw my parents for the first time because I had to, you know, tell them over the phone the first time. Then the first time I saw them in person a couple months later, I binged probably two nights in a row because I was so stressed out. The night before I introduced my girlfriend to my parents, I binge ate. I mean, this whole, I definitely reverted back to old habits during this portion of my life. No, I, I remember that. And I think I empathetically uh, also binge ate before you did all of those things too. Because <laughs> I, re- like, I, I uh, did it help you, me overeating because you were going through a stressful <laughs> yeah, we, time? We... Maybe I ate a little less. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, like, I kind of saw that your relationship maybe wasn't what you were saying it was because you had said something about, oh, is there a singles group for something? And I was like, wait a minute, she lives with her boyfriend. Like, I'm, why is she going to Paris with him? And, but I was, for me, I remember when you came out, I was just so excited that you were letting go of that veil. And I knew how scary it was for you to open up to everyone. But then I also saw just a transformation in you, like having a girlfriend and suddenly being more your authentic self. Like, how do you feel your personality changed when you, when finally that weight was lifted, that secret was lifted, how do you feel you, uh, you sort of came out as a person after that? Oh, yes. I think the fact that I came out about the exact same time as I kind of entered into maintenance has probably made my mate, like first year of maintenance journey different than most people because it's been the happiest year of my life. And everyone, oh, that's great. Yeah. And everyone who knows me, including my parents, Everyone tells me they've never seen me happier, and I feel just so happy that I'm living the life I've wanted to live for, you know, 18 years. So it it just feels so good. Aw, well, that's wonderful. And we've met Allison. Lovely, lovely woman. Yeah, yeah, we Congrats. had a fantastic breakfast. Was that last year? That was last uh, fall. Wow. Yeah. Um, October 2018. It was. Yeah, it that, was. Uh, doesn't feel like it was that long ago. Well, and even though, I mean, we, we talked about it, like, you know, finding your, your girlfriend in, you know, investing in that relationship, um, becoming more yourself. It, it didn't fix everything. You still had, you know, a job that, uh, that was not really great for you. So can you talk a little bit, you know, you, you lost a hundred pounds and then you ended up maintaining your weight for about a year, even though it wasn't your goal weight. Can you talk about, um, sort of how that year went of maintenance? Yes. So I was not, happy. It's funny because we just talked about losing weight doesn't make all your problems go away. Well, coming out doesn't make all your problems go away either because I still hate What? (laughs) (laughs) That is a shocking twist to this whole story. There's, yeah. So I also just, a lot of things, you know, happened at my job that just, it didn't make it the right fit for me anymore. And I really needed to try to find something else. And during that searching process, I started stress eating again because I wanted this change and I didn't, you know, there's a, there's so much opportunity in Atlanta, but sometimes it can feel overwhelming and try to find a new job. And I definitely stress ate until I found my new job. But now, right now I actually have everything I've always wanted. I love my job, my girlfriend and my weight. Okay, Donald, one, two, three, must Must be be nice. nice. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) 
But I remember when you were in your previous job and there were people who were leaving your company, you were like, oh my gosh, other people are leaving and I'm staying. And I remember with the hours that you were working versus the hours that your girlfriend was working. Can you talk a little bit about the struggle that you faced with living with someone who does not have a weight issue. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Oh, there's a lot to talk about there because even though it's obviously the best year of my life, it is very weird. Well, first, let's talk about how weird it is to lose 100 pounds and feel small. And everyone at my last job, obviously, on a day-to-day basis, always told me how small I looked and how, you know, don't get too thin. And I was actually feeling small. And then I move in and start dating um, someone who's smaller than me. And that felt very weird because I... Now I'm, you know, I'm over it. But a year ago, I felt huge all over again. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can uh, imagine. Well, and you had said that, you know, when you met, didn't you say that her, like, she had a Fitbit on in her photo? And then when you met, she wasn't wearing a Fitbit or you were like trying to gauge her fitness level compared to yours? Yes. On our first date, I even, like, first thing I said to her was, where's your Fitbit? (laughs) (laughs) People and bought one. That's so funny. People falsify things in their dating profiles. And like the thing you notice she, is the Fitbit. She photoshopped a Fitbit <laughs> onto her wrist. <laughs> but like, how did you kind of bridge, you know, as Donald and I've been married for 21 years total, 19 happy years. That's just a joke. Um, 19 of them were happy? 19 were happy. <laughs> I was going to say 17, 17 happy years. All right. 21 see total. It differently. But like dating someone, like you look like a fit and trim person. How did you kind of bridge that like, hey, I've actually just lost 100 pounds? Like, how did that go in terms of of your dating, um, you know, beginning dating? Oh, it was it was so hard because when we even on our first date, it was kind of late at night and I didn't want to order, you know, a hamburger and fries because I thought, you know, I have weigh-in in two days. So I ordered a salad and she even did make a, com- a comment like, oh, you're just getting a salad. And I felt so awkward because I didn't want the first thing I, you know, said to her was, oh, I'm trying to lose weight, you know? So it was awkward because I didn't know how much to share and when, and I felt like I was a total mess on top of it being new, you know, it's a new thing for me to be dating. Right. Well, because you would you were with your previous uh, relationship for like ten years, right? Yes. So I'm new on the dating scene, new in my body, and I remember the night before I was even thinking like, what do I tell her I lost a hundred pounds? Like, I I didn't even know like where to start because I didn't want her to think that I was, you know, some crazy diet person. I I wonder too, um, and I know. I, I promise there's a question coming. Um, I I know that for me, I've been basically this weight for over a year now. And I still, the mental me st- is still the guy who was 100 pounds heavier than I am right now. And I'm still walking around thinking of myself as that shape. And I am like pleasantly surprised every time I look in a mirror and I'm like, oh, wait, this is what I look like now. I'm wondering if you being with Allison and you thinking that she's smaller had something to do with that. Like maybe she's not actually smaller than you, but you're just your mental image of yourself wouldn't allow you to think that you were basically the same size. 
Yeah. And I actually, <laughs> she still sometimes will make fun of me for this. On our, we hadn't had any pictures together or we hadn't looked in a mirror together. So on our third date, in my mind, I was just thinking, I must look huge compared to her. Like this is never going to work long term because I can't be that this huge giant, you know? And so I asked her, I like mid mid dinner, I said, can we just go in the bathroom really quick? Because I have to look, I, we need to look in a mirror together. She looked at me like I was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and well, whatever, if that's cool. what you're into looking at mirrors together. right? Yeah. So she followed me and she looked at me like I was crazy. We looked in the mirror together and I said, Oh, we do look cute together. And she said, what? And she didn't get it. She does now. But we walked back. to. She didn't want to get into it because she had just met me. But she really did think I was crazy. But it helped a lot once I realized that we were about the same size. She wears a smaller pant size, but she's also shorter than me. So... Yeah, once I actually saw yeah. us together, I felt a lot better. Well, and I remember you two going like, she doesn't know this, but I just tried on her shirts. Ha ha. Like, and <laughs> like you being able to fit into her clothing, you know, because you are so much taller than her, you know, obviously you're, you're shaped differently, but you're a thin person who has become a thin person. And I know you talked a lot about your like your fear of talking to her about your issues because she doesn't have a food issue. Can you talk about like, cause uh, Donald and I have been on this journey together. And so we get each other's uh, uh, food obsessions. Yeah. For how, sure. how was it talking to her about those food issues? Because I, I know you, you struggled a bit. It was really scary. So the times that I was just telling you about the binging, you know, when I was talking to my parents at that point, we hadn't moved in together yet, but the most recent, just a couple months ago, when I left my last job, I was sneak secret eating and sneaking food from her because I would go to the store, buy food so I could eat later that night because I was just so stressed with my job and I would leave it in my car. And then she would go to bed because she had to wake up super early. And I would say, oh, I'm just going to watch, you know, an episode on TV. I'll be up in a minute. And I would go out to my car, get the food, eat it, and then go upstairs and act like nothing happened. And I was doing that for weeks until I realized I am having a, this is a huge issue that I'm sneaking food from her. But I felt like I had to go so out of my way because I was living with someone who wouldn't understand because she it wouldn't occur to her to eat eight cupcakes because she's stressed out about work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, because I told you and you told me I had to tell her. Well, I think it's, you know, that secret eating and I we talked about it. We had an episode called uh, Party of One, I think, uh, back around uh, December of 2018, where we talked about how being in a relationship with someone who doesn't have an issue. And even with Donald and I, like if he's doing really well and is, is eating well and I'm feeling weak, like I definitely, I still have a secret eating issue and that doesn't really go away. But I think being honest about it and talking about it definitely helps. Yeah. Even after all this time, when I, I feel like I'm largely in control, I will occasionally have a binging issue and I'm still trying to figure out exactly what triggers it. I mean, I kind of know, but Catherine and I are very aware of each other's issues and we love each other unconditionally. And I still don't like her to see me 
eating when I'm, you know, having a binge episode. And I, it's like, I'm rational enough to know that I don't want her to see me doing it. But, and there's also this part of me that like, doesn't want her to stop me. You know, when I'm in that mode, I'm like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. Well, and I've, I've told Don too, like if I'm in the kitchen and I'm quiet, Like, and it's, it's after seven o'clock and I'm like, I'm just going to be in the kitchen for a few minutes. If I'm quiet and you don't hear pots and pans, that means I'm secret eating. Like, but I had to tell him that because it, it's so easy to just dismiss someone as like, oh, she's being productive or she's organizing something. And it's like, no, I'm organizing junior mints in my mouth. So (laughs) how, because I, I remember you like not even wanting to go home or be at home unless she was home because you were concerned about your secret eating. Like you'd go out and like walk at night, right? Yes. So this is the portion right before I was leaving my job and I wanted out that I, if she was going to get home late, I wouldn't go inside. Even if it was 10 o'clock at night, I would just walk outside until she- I remember that. And I made her make me go to bed with her so that way I wouldn't be up without her. Um, Yeah, there was a- two solid months that I felt like I couldn't even be alone at home. I remember that. Well, and I, I know leaving your job was really rough, but I, it's funny too, because I'm an overthinker, you know, I, I lay out, you know, pros and cons and whatever. And you're like, I'm coming out. And for me, it was like, she snapped her fingers and she was out. Like, I'm leaving my boyfriend. Like, I'm going to date Allison. I'm going to leave my job. I've got a new job. Like you, when you put your mind to something, you get it done. Um, (laughs) But I know that that maintenance. Just like Chopin. (laughs) That guy got it done. She hasn't listened to that episode yet. Oh, yeah. I said in a recent episode, I was saying that Chopin was really successful. And the only thing I could think of to say was he got it done. (laughs) Chopin, that guy got it done is what she said. So I'm very articulate. But like you switched jobs and that sort of what do you think that that was a catalyst for the next phase like you you are maintaining kind of accidentally for a long time how was changing jobs kind of the next step of your transformation well it was great because so i've been at my new job for a little over 3 months and i've lost 15 pounds in the past 3 months must be, be nice. nice. <laughs> it's obviously the the pounds that I lost was the same pounds that I gained, you know, as I was leaving my last job. But still, I'm at my lowest weight now. Yay. Yeah, and great. it was definitely a catalyst. Yeah, because all the habits that I had at my last job, I, you know, there was a Starbucks in the building. There was a million restaurants outside. So if I was stressed out with, you know, what I was working at my job, I would just go out and get food where now there's no restaurants around. So it just, same same thing you just said with Gretchen Rubin, it was a clean slate. So I haven't been to a restaurant anywhere near my new job because I just told myself, if I need food, I go to the grocery store because I don't want those habits in place anymore. Right. Yeah, that that's really great. And I think a, a lot of a lot of what I do is what you're talking about, where I just make I just make that rule. I don't open that door, like because as soon as that door is open, I I fling it open and I I jump through with you know my open arms and <laughs> just not allowing that door to even open in my in my head is uh, is really helpful. Well, and you've got a couple of things too because uh, you are you found out you're gluten intolerant, correct? Yes, yeah, I actually have quite a few food sensitivities now that I am dealing with. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a whole nother thing. 
Right. But you're, you talked about being an abstainer, uh, which means there are certain foods that you just don't have and that your girlfriend is a moderator. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you face there? Yes. So I am 100% gluten and dairy free, but I still was trying to, I was lying to myself thinking that I could be a moderator with sweets because they do make gluten-free, dairy-free cupcakes and pastries. And she can eat, it's the craziest thing. She can eat one donut and... What, what, what's one donut? I know. I'm not familiar uh, yeah, with I've that never, unit of measure. I, I don't really understand. Is that like some European thing? <laughs> it's like a metric thing. I don't metric know. Metric we'll system, it out. yeah, I guess. She'll get, she can eat one donut, feel satisfied. She got her sweet fix in and she'll just go about the day. And I I am shaking my head right now. (laughs) That's like living in bizarro world to me. I don't understand it. My stepmother is like that. She can have a latte and be like, I'll eat next Tuesday. (laughs) And I just, I like, I don't have that. Like I have lost 150 pounds and I still don't know what it's like to be satisfied. Well, not to take the focus off of Rebecca, but for me, it's all about portion size. Like for some reason, I am perfectly capable if I buy like treats. If I buy like fun sized Snickers bars, there's one, a little one per package. I can actually moderate that. But if I bought a bag that was just open and they were all just loose in there, like M&Ms, then like M&Ms, then I would just eat the entire bag. And it's like this weird psychological thing for me, but I, I couldn't just eat a donut unless they were each like in an individually sealed package somehow. Yeah. I don't know why that works that way. And I don't even have a question here, but I just. So, but like uh, Donald and I, I don't know if anyone knows this. We were vegan for eight years, which we haven't really talked about on the podcast. I was vegan for eight years and I thought like, it's a vegan donut. I'm saving mother earth. Like, yeah. um, so you, Rebecca, were talking about gluten-free, uh, products like sweets and stuff and you found that you had to just abstain from them and not, uh, not moderate. Yes. Because. Allison is so sweet and she found this bakery that makes gluten-free donuts and she was being so nice and bought six of them so that way we could eat one per day for three days. (laughs) One per day. One per day. (laughs) Sorry. I'm not laughing at you, but that's uh, no, that's no, not a that's just not something that I could do. So, d- did you manage to eat one per day? No, I told her that I can't, <laughs> I can't do this because if I eat one, I'm not going to think about anything else until I eat the other one and then the other one. So, finally, after months of me desperately trying to just eat one donut and act normal, I t- finally told her I can't eat sweets. I, I feel better just not eating them altogether. Yeah. yeah. I totally understand that. Um, and I, uh, by the way, I looked it up, uh, the party of one episode, which was about being in a relationship with somebody who's not on the same page with you is episode 50 of this show for anybody who wants to go back and listen. But I'm wondering, like, how is she with your whole eating and exercise situation? Do you think that has created any challenges in your in sticking to it and or your relationship because she's not you know, it doesn't have to deal with the same things you do. I think if I wouldn't have been so public about my weight loss, I i mean, I have a public Instagram. I post before pictures all the time. I feel like it's almost my identity in, 
at least to me, that I'm someone who is a former obese person. And I have a lot of friends like you two and other people from the accountability group that I talk to all the time. And I am very open about my issues. I think if I wouldn't have been, if I just, I don't know, if I just would have lost the weight and try not to talk about it and just met someone and try to pretend that I didn't have issues, I could easily have gained it back. But I think since it's such a part of my life and I have so many connections who are also on the same journey, I just, it wasn't an option for me just to gain the weight back, you know? Totally. Yeah, I get that completely. Well, and I think the reason that we met was because we were in an accountability group together and I didn't realize that in this last time weight loss journey that accountability was something that I needed. Like I identify as a Gretchen Rubin obliger, which means that having external accountability um, helps me. And Rebecca, you identify as an obliger, correct? Yes. So Donald uh, is not an obliger. He is mostly a questioner rebel. Mostly, yeah. Um, So he doesn't need accountability. He doesn't need anybody to look at what he's doing. He doesn't need to post about it on Instagram. Like, and that is a difference in our relationship because accountability has been huge for me and being public about it has been huge for me. And obviously we have a podcast. So that is for me a really good reason to keep the weight off because uh, right now we only look thin. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, for but sure. Donald doesn't need that accountability like I do. So that's been really, I know that's been big for me. How does like in terms of your relationship, your day-to-day relationship, how do you guys eat the same things? Do you work out together? Like how, how does that work? We do eat the same things if we are cooking at home because she likes healthy food. It's not that she refuses to eat other food other than M&Ms, you know, but if we're going to have salmon and asparagus, I mean, we both will eat that. But if I'm at work and she's at work, I mean, I don't know what she eats, but I'm sure it's not the same thing that I eat, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Catherine and I, I think I've talked about it before, like we actually make separate meals because we don't eat the same way. And, you know, we've just settled into the routine of we each make our own food and it it works for us. Well, and I, I think when we first got together, I felt a lot of pressure to like, you know, the standard American couple, you eat dinner together and there's a vegetable and a potato and a start like, yeah, and we've luckily gotten away from that, um, which I think has helped us because yeah, we, we try and time it so that we're eating at the same time. So we're still having, you know, a family dinner, but, but we're not concerned about eating the exact same food. Yeah. So for you and starting your new job, uh, what is it like being a thin person in a new job environment where they don't know that you only look thin? It's crazy. Now that I've been there three months, I'm now I'm kind of used to it. But that first couple weeks, it was it was really bizarre because no one was telling me, you know, how great I looked on a daily basis because they're just used to me looking like that, you know? Yeah, completely. I I get that. And two, I remember you saying you were trying to decide whether or not you would tell anyone that you lost weight. Um, Have you actually come out to anyone about uh, your weight yet? (laughs) (laughs) There's so much to come out about. (laughs) I actually did tell this one girl 
one of my coworkers, I finally did tell her because she's actually on a weight loss journey, but she's not actually in my team. As far as my team, none of them know that I've lost weight. I think they just think I like to go walking at lunch and, you know, drink black coffee. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Ice water. And I remember too, you, uh, you said that you had gone out to lunch one day with a fit person and someone who was not as fit and then yourself and the the fit person didn't they like salad shame the the other person my coworker yes so my coworker she's lost 30 pounds since i've been there which is amazing yeah. and we went out to lunch with this other coworker who's very thin i mean very thin and naturally thin and yeah my coworker who's losing weight ordered this big salad and yeah, the other coworker said, whoa, that's a big salad. How are you going to eat all that? Oh, even no. Though, that's the worst. Yeah, even though her meal had less calories than the other woman's meal. And didn't you like flip the table over or am I just imagining that you did that? <laughs> <laughs> No, I did. I pointed at her meal and said, your meal has twice, you know, because I feel like I know calories so well that I can look at a meal and know the calories. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Your meal has twice as many calories as that salad. And she just looked at me, you know, stunned that I even said that because I was quick to back her up. Yeah, well, good for you. I uh, I think that there's this this thing um, of naturally thin people or I don't know if even that's the right right thing to call them, but people who have never had a weight issue where they they feel like it's that other people are broken and they they feel like they have a right to say things like that, and uh, it's not kind and it's not helpful. So in my last job, I lost 100 pounds in front of everybody, and I felt like all eyes were on me every time I ate anything, anytime I drank anything. Everyone wanted to know what I was eating, what I was drinking, because I was you know, a huge success, and everyone was just so interested in what I was doing all the time, and that was a little exhausting. My new job, if I eat or drink anything, nobody cares. I mean, no one cares if I'm if I'm putting half and half of my coffee or if I'm not or how many, you know, how many steps I'm getting. Nobody asks me any questions because to them, I'm just a normal person. So it, that part is really nice, but it is weird. Well, and too, I remember uh, at your previous job, there was, wasn't there a guy who was like on a, was, was it a weight loss journey or was he... Uh, saving money. I can't remember, but it was something like he would judge you if you spent money on a certain thing or like he was kind of your like police. It was, it was weight loss. And like he, he knew about my goals and I think he was trying to help. But if I, you know, went and had a snack or if I spent money that I said I wasn't going to, he would always call me out on it. So even though he was trying to help me, that bothered me because you know, if you want to spend your money and you need something, you just you just want to do it. Yeah, no, I get it. And it's the same thing with eating. And I'm also wondering, because um, I know this has happened to me, you're in this new environment with new people. And I, I work on primarily TV shows. And so I will end up with an entirely, almost entirely new group of people about every six months in between seasons of shows. And the people have essentially stopped telling me that I look great. Just like you were saying, they don't tell you you look great at your new job unless I run into somebody who I haven't seen in a few years. And I used to get a real charge, a real thrill out of people saying that. And now I don't have that anymore. Has that played into your mindset at all? Um, And how do you deal with it? Well, it is weird because 
so my girlfriend only knows me at my current size and my coworkers only know at my, me at my current size. So my day-to-day life, everyone who sees me thinks I'm normal. So on one hand, I love it that I'm just like, I'm just in this new life. But on the other hand, I sometimes miss having the, I don't know, the reassurance that I'm a success. <laughs> but I think I just try to focus on the positive that like, this is awesome. Three years ago, I would have killed someone for this life. And I just try to enjoy it. Yeah, so- no, I, I totally get that. For me, I know there's this the part of me that really misses the thrill of that. And I, I think in the past that I may have even sabotaged myself after having some success because people stopped telling me that I looked good and I needed that rush again. And, uh, you know, it's been a struggle to keep from falling into those old traps. Do you, uh, Rebecca, do you ever run into anyone who knew you at your old size, who maybe treats you differently now at your smaller size? I felt like some coworkers in Kansas did because I did have to run into them since it was the same company. Like if I was traveling out there, if they were traveling to Georgia, I felt like I got more respect now that I've lost weight. So that was interesting. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if I talked about it on the podcast, but my, uh, there was a, a woman who was a mom at my daughter's school who wanted nothing to do with me when I was 250 pounds. I ran, we ran into her at a, um, a carnival for another school and she could not get away from me fast enough. Like, I mean, palpably like, Oh, my phone is ringing, walk away kind of thing. And it was I ha- also because you were very rude though. I was very rude. We're, we're not taking that. No, no, account. I'm kidding. Um, but I saw her after I'd lost about 60 pounds. Um, and I was going up on an escalator and she was coming down an escalator and she was like, oh, my God, you look amazing. Bah, bah, bah. And like, luckily, we were on escalators going in different directions. So I didn't have to stop and talk to her. But the next time I saw her at school, she came up and gave me a huge hug. And we were volunteering right? at the same so event. Weird. And she like had her art. She had her arm around me. And like, I just wanted to sc- like it was there was no mistaking it. Like she wanted nothing to do with me. Uh, when I was heavier and then suddenly I was in the thin club. You're good enough for her now. Oh my gosh. Like I'm getting angry just thinking about it, but like it, it is definitely a thing. I think sometimes it can be one's own self-esteem changing and how you kind of view yourself. But I do definitely think that I was, I mean, in, in this case, I will not use her name, but I was definitely treated differently. And luckily we're not in this, like, I don't, see her anymore. Our daughters are in different schools, so it's not an issue, but it, uh, it fills me with rage. Uh, but, but speaking of rage, no, I'm not, (laughs) 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 let's not go down a dark path, but you said that, you know, not seeing your number on the scale change. I know it has changed recently. Vuvuzela sound, uh, here, but you recently did something to up your, to, to level up your, uh, your game, uh, in the form of some sort of scan. Could you tell us about the scan that you received? <laughs> Not <Yeah>. scam, scan. <laughs> yeah. So after a whole year of the scale basically being the same, you know, little, little up, little down, I, I think I'm just bored with seeing the same number. So I was trying to think of like another goal that I could have. And I was thinking about trying to do a running goal, but I really didn't want to, I kind of 
you know, did away with that. So I went and got a DEXA scan. What's that? Yeah, I don't actually know what that is. It's, I mean, I didn't do that much research on it before this podcast, but supposedly it's the gold standard of measuring lean body mass. So you get in a kind of like a cage. (laughs) Very sexy. (laughs) A sexy cage. Yeah, I don't know. You just lay there and this machine kind of just, it's a very, very light x-ray. I've heard that it's safe. I mean, I don't know. But it goes, yeah, it goes over you. And you just have to be still for one minute, and then it gives you all these charts and graphs, and it will tell you what body percent, like what, like my fat body percentage is 28.2%, which is an acceptable range. And I was really excited because I haven't started strength training until recently, so I have something to work for towards now, you know? Yeah, I know. I, I know. We... uh we did an episode recently called uh, the hedonic treadmill, which is about this this concept of despite really large life events, such as losing 100 pounds, people eventually become used to them and they sort of settle back into this normal level of happiness or roughly the same. They get used to things and you know, needing something new to strive for all the time is really helpful to keep going. And so that sounds like what you're doing. Well, and it sounds like a non-scale victory, an NSV, where you're uh, you, you're ready to level up. So, what are you doing now? Uh, now that you've had the DEXA scan uh, and know your your metrics, what uh, what have you changed? Well, there is a there is a gym that's a half mile away from my work that I was using really only to take showers because I'll go running and walking in the morning out at the gym, and then like just in the neighborhood, and then I'll go and take a shower ready for work. Well. I bought a couple of personal training sessions at the gym just so they could show me the different machines so I could feel a little more comfortable since I've never been into lifting. So I did that a couple of weeks ago and now I've been lifting two or three times a week. Oh, wow. No, that's great. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I haven't posted about it because it's so much easier to post running pictures than weightlifting pictures because I feel so awkward around other people. Yeah, no, I yeah, no, I get it. And and again, that may play into uh, a little bit of that, you know, mental image at least for me that I have of myself of of being somebody much heavier than I am right now. Yeah. Well, and I I think I think too, you know, for for us and we've talked about leveling up you know, when you started this whole journey, how many, you, you weren't getting very many steps at all when you first started. Um, what were you, what were you kind of hitting? Probably under 2000. Yeah. I mean, wow. Yeah. That's basically where I was too. And you moved to a city that allowed you a lot more walking. And I know that you, you know, you got a Fitbit and you upped your, what did you up your goal to? Like 10,000? 10, yeah. 10 or 15,000. For a while, I was getting twenty thousand a day, but now I get ten between ten and twenty thousand every day. Yeah, that's great. But you didn't start there, and you know, over time, leveling up and deciding, you know, what you're ready to take on. I know you've done some pretty intense long hiking adventures too. Didn't you do one in Colorado? Yes, I hiked a fourteener. That was actually to celebrate my fifty pound loss. Wow. Which I can't believe it because I was still over 200 pounds when I did that. Yeah, that's that's pretty great. So what's next for Rebecca? Well, my goal that I'm focusing on right now is I want to see if I can get down to 24% body fat. Wow. Because 
that is the quote fit range, the top of the fit range. Right now I'm in the acceptable range. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm just in the acceptable range by the, by the charts online. Um, so I'm wondering if we could, um, before we wrap up, if there's anything, you know, let's say you could go back in time and talk to yourself of three years ago. Is there anything that you would say, any advice that you would give to the person who is just starting out? You have said this so many times, but start where you are. I don't think you can say that enough because the diet that I have now compared to three years ago, it is completely different. I eat mostly unprocessed food. I don't, I only drink black coffee. I mean, if you would have told me in 2016, this is the way I was going to have to eat, I would never even have started. It would have felt too extreme because at the time I was eating you know, Sonic and Burger King for dinner, Starbucks muffins for breakfast. You know, I was just eating fast food all the time. So it's okay to change one meal at a time or to make very small changes because eventually it's going to feel normal and you're going to be ready for the next change. But if you try to overhaul your entire life at once, it will feel too hard. And I don't think anyone could stick to it. Yeah, I love that. That's uh, that's perfect. I, I'm wondering too if there's anything that um, has been a surprise about maintenance, like something that you didn't uh, expect that that you would you know like to share. I think I thought that I would love clothes shopping b- because I can wear a size eight or a ten now in a or a smaller medium, and I don't get this thrill clothes shopping like I thought I would. So I think that's the biggest, I still hate it. And I think that's the biggest surprise. Yeah. It's funny. I dress pretty much like I did back then. Like, and but I, I'm still not sure if it's because I'm just used to wearing kind of classic, no, nothing fussy or frilly. I think you, you and I are kind mm-hmm. of the same. It's like just sort of basic structured pieces. But I, I totally understand that. Like thinking suddenly, I mean, and I've said it before too. I have to try on seven pairs of jeans to find the right fit for me. Still, like it's not like suddenly the entire world is open to me and everything looks great on me. I still have to sort of figure out what, uh, what looks good. So yeah, when I was a size 20, I remember thinking, man, I would be so happy if I could wear a size eight, my life would be perfect. I would love clothes shopping. And it, it, it is weird that I, I still don't know what stores to go to. I still, I still hate it. So that is a surprise. Yeah. And I just, I just wear t-shirts and jeans, which is what I wore before I lost all the weight. It's I know. the same thing, basically, I, just I always, smaller sizes. I always feel bad like going on Instagram and seeing all these people like post like pictures in their Lulu lemon outfits or whatever. And I'm like, Catherine's wearing jeans again. I'm like, woohoo. <laughs> Maybe I'd get more followers if I wore fewer clothing options but, uh, <laughs> or fewer clothes. But anyway, so we, we wanted to move on, uh, as you know, our our beloved Taos and Pows, our tips of the week and our products of the week. And we have a very a special real treat. It's a special guest tip of the week and and product of the week. So we're, it's Rebecca. It's Rebecca. And Surprise. we're doing we're doing a tip of the week with oh. Rebecca. Rebecca, tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> wow. We are so dorky. Love hearing so, someone else say that. So, Rebecca, do you have a uh, a tip for our beloved listeners that you would like to share? It said Ben said before, but I have to say joining an accountability group 
Because Instagram and Facebook accountability groups have been everything for me when I started and have been everything for me as I maintain. Because if I was only living in my current world, work and home, I wouldn't have anyone who I could relate to. So I really think I would have struggled to gain weight back if I didn't have connections with people who got me and who are struggling with the same thing. Totally. No, and I I remember when I was in Weight Watchers, I never... Like the meetings were structured and people would be like, how many points are in this bag? How many points are in that bag? And I never talked about secret eating or um, or shame or yeah. emotional eating. Like it was never a place for me to actually have a roundtable discussion. So I would agree. Accountability groups are a great way to be honest and vulnerable because you're not actually, it's not like it's your coworker that you're talking to. It's potentially strangers on the interweb that you become face-to-face friends with like you and I. Yeah. And there's also a, we we only look thin accountability group, which I hear is the best one. (laughs) Well, we're, we're, we're making progress there by the way on the Walt place thing, but we'll, we'll talk about that soon. So, uh, so thank you. Tip of the week to you, Rebecca. Tip of the week to you. Tip of the week to you. And now we're, we're going back to back on this. We're going to come out with a product of the week starring Rebecca, a product of the week. Pow! 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 <laughs> Surprisingly, Rebecca. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. That's fantastic. Uh, Rebecca, what is your product of the week? So have you talked about step bets or run bets? It's the same company. It's just two different types of bets before. Uh, no, we have, I, I, I we don't think not. so, no. Tell us about it. I'm actually not that familiar with either one. It's a little similar to what you talked about on a recent podcast where you get money for achieving your goals. I'm not, I can't remember what you were oh, talking that about. Oh, that, that was, that was, a, that was achievement. <laughs> yeah. And that was, uh, uh, I, you link your Fitbit or whatever fitness tracking you have to, to them, to their app. And, uh, eventually, you know, when you do enough stuff, you, they'll give you a $10. It's, you know, pretty great. I get 10 bucks for doing something I would do anyway. Yeah. But, uh, but tell us about what the step bet and the run bets are. So they are, as an obliger, I rely on outside accountability. And with (laughs) the step bet will link with your Fitbit. And when you sync it, sync it with your Fitbit, it will look past, like look back on your history and it will determine what your daily step should be. It will give you... Uh, active day and a power day. And you have to like, for example, it'll give you 10,000 steps that you have to get four times a week and 12,000 steps that you have to get two times a week. And then you get one rest day. And every day you get your steps, you sync it with the app and you'll get like a check mark. And the challenges are six weeks long. And if you have two rest days or if you don't meet your steps for you know those two days you lose your money it will cost forty dollars to join this group and if you don't you know accomplish your goal in those six weeks you'll lose your money but if you do accomplish your goal you get the loser's money Woo! Ah. <laughs> so no, I think that's really great. I think it's like a um, for a lot of people, their health is some sort of abstract concept unless they're actually having an issue, you know, unless they actually get the diabetes diagnosis or or whatever. But hitting people in their pocketbook is something that a lot of people can relate to in an immediate way, as opposed to just this abstract, oh, your health will suffer. 
Oh, yeah. So um, have you met all of your goals or have there ever been any times where you weren't able to and you lost all your money? I have met my goals, but I have taken extreme measures to meet them. I mean, one time. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds healthy. Yeah, that sounds great. I mean, I think I had a fever one time and I was still out walking or it was, you know, 20 degrees below zero and I was visiting my parents in Michigan and it was really icy and I was still outside walking. But the cool thing is, is I have been consistently working out for three years now and I cred- I'm always in a step bet or a run bet. In the run bet, it's the same concept, but it links with your Strava app and you have to get a certain amount of miles per day in a certain pace. So those are the ones that I like to do now because I have like, let's say I have to get six miles in under 15 minute miles and I'll do it. Because I don't want to lose my money. Even if I don't even feel like running, I have to go running. And, oh, I, I can't say enough about how much I love run butt and step bet. Oh, wow. That's I, great. There should yeah, be an, I might in, uh, have to look into that. There should be an intermittent fasting bet. I know we didn't really talk about that. Uh, maybe we'll have you on in another episode. Uh, but for intermittent fasting, sometimes I close that eating window. I open that window back up again. I opened it up for 200 calories of Pringles last night, but uh, maybe yeah. if I had money riding on it, it would be better. <laughs> so, uh, so I think that was our product of the week. Pow! 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 Thank you. <laughs> so um, before we uh, wrap up, um, uh, and I, you know, if there's nothing, there's nothing, but is there anything that we haven't talked about or anything you'd like to say to uh, to wrap this up? Well, not that we're going to talk about intermittent fasting, but I will say something really quick. I do the same thing you both do, and I don't start eating until the afternoon, and I think that helps a lot. Yeah, that's been really key for me. One of the things I did vigorously at the beginning was try to make sure I always ate breakfast, and now I I don't ever eat breakfast. Well, you know, except for vacations or something, But um, and that has been huge for my success. I know that's not for everybody, but uh, it's nice to hear there are others out there doing the same thing and yeah, it's working. We've talked about the Zero app before, uh, which I use uh, intermittently, uh, but <laughs> you can set your... Uh, your and it's, it's more about reducing the number of hours that food is an option for me than it is about whatever uh, perceived medical benefits there are for the fasting part. It's just more about like food is not an option at 10 a.m. when I'm stressed out at work. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, and I know you had sort of said like what you're doing now in maintenance, you're still moving. You're, it, it's not like you hit some finish line where suddenly you don't have to pay attention to what you're doing. You're still hustling to keep the weight off. Yeah. I think it's easier to stay within your calorie goal For me, if I abstain from certain foods and abstain from certain hours of the day, I don't eat in the morning and I don't eat sweets. And I think just having, you know, some boundaries in place helps me make my choice, my life just easier because if I'm eating better quality foods in the afternoon, I just make better choices. Yeah. No, that sounds like great advice for sure. Well, on a, on a personal level, I, I don't know how our connection started exactly other than I was worried about you moving to Atlanta and then (laughs) I was invested. I call it Hotlanta. Hotlanta. That's so funny. (laughs) She was like, nobody calls it Hotlanta. And I was like, well, nobody calls California Cali. So no one who lives here says that. No, but you know, seeing your transformation and seeing your, you know, your personality, you know, change over time and thriving after coming out and how much fear you felt um, and, and overwhelm. And to see you have, you know, 
break through that and achieve your goals and switch your job and like switch your relationship. It's just been so amazing for me to see you transform. Um, and you're younger than us. And so seeing that happen in your thirties instead of your forties, <laughs> must like, be waited. nice, it must be nice. But, but I like your, your friendship and your support. And, you know, we, we, you know, talk a lot, um, or text a lot offline. Um, it's just been really awesome for me personally to have you as part of my life and as part of our accountability group also. But I, uh, I truly appreciate your friendship and your, uh, your willingness to, to share your experience on the show. So that's what I have to say. Oh, yes. I feel the same way about you, Kathy. Well, thank you so much for, for being on. And uh, I think uh, this has been a great episode of the show. It and has been if a great- you think it's been a great episode of the show, please uh, go to uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and rate and review us. Um, you can and, and or tell a uh, tell somebody you know to listen. Yeah, and oh, I didn't actually ask you if you wanted, but uh, do you have any? If, if anyone wants to find out more about, oh you, yeah, Rebecca, and I didn't actually ask you this before. Um, is there any uh, Instagram people can follow for you or a uh, way to get in touch? Yeah, my Instagram handle is Running Rebecca, and I spell Rebecca R E B E K A H. All right, I will also put that in the uh, in the show notes of the show. Uh, and you can find our Instagram uh, at we only look thin. Yeah, and uh, email at we only look thin at gmail.com. Facebook, we only Twitter look and thin. Facebook are both uh, at we only look thin. Don't uh, look for us on Snapchat. We're not there. I don't know what that is. I don't want to look like a cute puppy. It's I, not going to happen. No, no. And uh, <laughs> uh, also, uh, we only look thin.com. Did we say that? I don't know. So, uh, so Rebecca, thank you again so much for being on this episode. And for our listeners out there, if you don't know the difference between a DEXA scan and a step bet, just remember that Rebecca, Donald, and I are an, an inspiration. The information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only. The hosts are not medical professionals. You should always consult with your doctor, nurse, or other certified health professional before beginning any diet or fitness program.